Good evening and welcome to The Alternative in Conversation with me, Andrea Maynard and myself, AJ. And well, we're going to try and keep it lighthearted today. The first thing, being Pride Month, it seems only fair to talk about some of the pink washing. For those that don't know, that's when these companies that bring out Pride uh, emblems on their business. But what we want to talk about in particular are the companies that do a bit more, such as Target. Yeah, so Target, as we uh, as we all know, they've um, been coming under attack a little bit with um, some of these minority, um, well, I don't really know what we want to call them, actually, uh, transphobes, basically. And as a result, they've, they've moved their merchandise from the front of the store to the rear of the store. Now, we were all led to believe initially that they'd taken it off the shelves completely because it was causing, I think it was violence against some of their, uh, as they call them, uh, employees. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what these these trendy stores are like. They've all got their own little uh, the names for everybody. But anyway, they, were, um, they said that they were um, basically trying to protect their, their colleagues. Um, so what they've actually done is, like you say, instead of having their products at the front of the store, they've now moved them to the rear of the store. However, the backlash of all of this, it's been announced that it's costing them around about £12 billion loss. So their stocks, etc., have plummeted and it's just getting out of control, Is which is what they're talking about now. That's um, quite a shocking amount of of money when you think about it for a very short space of time that they've been uh, advertising pride merchandise because That's they right. only brought That's it right. out yeah. a few weeks ago so wow yeah uh, yeah it's it's basically uh, there we go i've just found it there that the, they've um they've moved the location of their pride displays pride displays due to the claim there were threats against some of their staffers so that's what they like to call them. But they, were, they had things in place, which is sort of like took friendly swimsuits for trans women and uh, progressives now feel betrayed because they uh, call it capulation to right wingers. So just because they've moved them from the store to another location and the way it's been reported, 12 million, yeah, 12 billion, sorry, they've lost. The shares have been at the lowest since 2020. But on the plus side, um, I know you call it pink washing there, uh, Andrea, but um, I do like some of the stuff that comes out. I mean, we've got uh, we've got Adidas. They've teamed up with um, Tom Daly. Um, he's actually written a, a letter to sport in which he says a space is for everyone. So we have all these people who like to say we shouldn't be in sport or we should have our, our own separate sports. But we've actually got a, a great leader there, Tom Daly, saying that um, it's for everybody and it's a space for everybody. So yeah, well, that, some the- that's very important because the more sporting personalities do actually come out against the negative comments, it's going to make it so much harder for those that are anti-trans and anti-LGBT because we mustn't forget that Although they're primarily targeting the trans community, it's they're targeting the whole LGBTQ plus community. They're trying to take the smallest uh, minority first and split them away. Uh, so, yeah, the more sports personalities, the more celebrities that stand up against this, the better. And that's absolutely excellent. I mean, I know Adidas uh, are pretty much, have always, and... Yes, they've been accused of pinkwashing a lot, but they are still very pro-LGBT, as are Nike and yeah. some of the other sports companies. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just looking on the site here now. I'm just looking at some of their stuff. And yes, okay, pinkwashing, but gosh, some of it looks absolutely amazing. You know, I would certainly be seen down the street somewhere uh, wearing some of those trainers that they've got there. 
Um, and it's just little things, you know, just using the same colours. Like, I'm looking at a pair of trainers here, and it's just got, like, the different coloured eyelets. And I think it's just very stylish. It's it's not over the top. It's not garish. It's just looked really good. And to me, that means a lot. The whole pride thing is, is a lot to me because... As I've mentioned you, you before, Andrea, I've been very sort of like in the closet, if you like. And it's only recently, these last couple of years, that I've found I'm, I'm, I'm able to come out a lot more, mainly because of the job I've been doing and the people who I teach and the support I get from them. And then the support which I've now got from the truck family. I mean, I've only been with the truck family for, I think, about seven months now, thereabouts. And wow, what a change in my life just coming on board. The Avril, Lucy, yourself, everybody's been absolutely amazing um i never thought seven months ago i'd be sat here doing something like this with you um and when i see pride now i see the pride flag i see the progress flags i see all of the related flags and it makes me feel so proud to be part of it because i can see that there's people out there who do care about us and that these people who hate us is such a minority yes and when i see see these companies like adidas and nike and doc martin and all of those um john paul gaultier the whole, all of them when i see stuff like that it makes me so happy that these companies are bothered about us absolutely and that's just reminded me of one particular person i'm not going to mention them by name because i think they get the message pretty clear enough from uh, quite a large number of the community but they're unknown uh, celebrity in the UK. Uh, I'm not going to give you the full name. I'll just say that they're a fox and everybody should know who that <laughs> is. But I wonder. <laughs> they literally were saying any shop that displays an LGBT logo on the door or anywhere in the store, I'll turn around and walk away. I will not spend my money in there. Brilliant. Great. And we're thinking, thank you, because we don't particularly want you in them stores because you yeah. make our life a misery anyway. So yeah, yeah. better I mean, for you not to be in the stores that we go into. I mean, do, do they really think doing that's going to actually bother us? Do you think it's going to affect our turnover as a shopkeeper? One person saying, oh, I'm not going in there. Well, crack on. I, I don't really care what you go and, go and do. You know, um, I know exactly who you're talking about. And again, we're not going to mention his name. But yeah, and it's like all of them. These are individuals who just think, oh, well, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. I won't buy this beer. I won't buy that. Well, crack on. You're the one who's losing out. We're not losing out. I, I must know. admit, the boycott list that they seem to have <laughs> is very long. And it makes you wonder, where do they buy any clothes from? Where do they buy <laughs> any true. food from? Because that's, that's just probably... about everyone is in support of the LGBT community. Yeah, and that and that probably, the person you're talking about, that probably explains why they look as rough as what they do. Because <laughs> they can't get any new clothes anywhere. <laughs> uh, I think they just look that way anyway. But... <laughs> I'm not going to go there. Yeah. Uh, but yes, it's just why it's important for these shops to actually display it. Not because it drives those people away, but because it shows that they support the LGBT community, even if it is only through Pride Month. It would be nice if they were to support us all year round. Yeah. Because yeah. Pride Month, yeah, it's it's significant. It's an, yeah. Ameri an American... Uh, designed thing that was brought about. But support should be 
365 days a year, not that's, for that's, just that's 30 right. days a year. I, I agree with that. But uh, having said that, when I see a company or a shop displaying a, a pride flag, even for just a month, I now feel that is a safe space for me to go to, even outside of Pride Month. Exactly. You and that, this, is, this is one of the reasons why it is so important that they do display uh, any symbols of support whether it be uh, the pride flag on the door, whether it's a pride flag over the door, or just uh, the window stickers. I've seen so many different stickers, they're absolutely brilliant. And a lot of the ones that are in use are fantastic. Yeah. Strangely enough, I haven't seen many of them around my place. But yeah. my town is, as a whole, pretty supportive anyway. Which is so, good, which is good. I mean, and I know that there's a, there's a driving school somewhere that looks absolutely amazing with their car. <laughs> yes, I've seen that. And I've have seen you? quite a few people have gone, oh, I like that car. <laughs> I wonder whose it could be. But oh. joking aside, yes, I've, I've, for those of you who don't know, my actual proper full time job is a driving instructor. And I made a decision that this year I am going to put my school name in the pride flag um, on the side of the car and on the bonnet. Now, all year round, from ever since I pretty much started, I've always had a progress flag on the back. So I've always announced, you know, this is LGBT friendly. And on my website also, I announced that I am LGBT friendly and everybody should be allowed to come and learn in such a safe space. You know, I even go into my experience, my background, so people can come to me. And you know something, Andre, it works. Now, I'm not having just use it as like a little niche market. I've used it because I do feel a lot of people don't do things like this in these enclosed spaces, because obviously inside a car, it's quite enclosed. They feel awkward. I mean, one of the latest girls which I've taken on, she actually asked for a female instructor because of something that happened to her in the past uh, with a male boss, manager, whichever. Oh, that's horrible. Uh, oh. I've not asked her what it was, but I'm sure I can sort of guess. You know, we, we all know what it's like. Yeah. Um, and I did explain to her there and then, and says, look, I'm really sorry. I don't have any female instructors. However, I am trans myself. And I said, my students are comfortable with that. And then she came back to me as well. I'm comfortable with that also. That's great. When can I start? So well, just that, me. That me itself is a positive affirmation. That's brilliant. Yeah. So, I mean, just myself offering that little... I'm going to call it a niche, even though I said it's not. That little niche, it's bringing people into doing things which they possibly would have avoided. So that's just my little bit, which I like to do. I, I think that's absolutely brilliant. I, I really like that idea. And the fact that so many people with that know that you're, when they know you're a member of the LGBT community, trust you and treat you with more respect. I came out my workplace, we've got over a thousand staff. Uh, and I was the first out trans person now, first visibly out trans person uh, in my workplace. Right. And I was a little bit apprehensive because I was taking a massive step uh, into unknown territory. I didn't know what the reaction was going to be like. But it was overwhelmingly supportive. The organisation themselves did everything they could to make it as smooth and, how shall I say, uh, simple as possible yeah. for me to just go straight in. It is a massive transition. thing to do, isn't it? It is a huge thing to do. You know, I mean, I, I, I've done it to a point, yes, but I mean, I'm still sort of like, you know, I keep myself to myself type thing. 
But I mean, I can't imagine doing that at the moment. I really couldn't. Although I am doing it with my students, I now tell my students up front, and every single one gives me their support. Yeah, and it, it's there are so many supports of people out there, and this is what we have to try and remember: is that social media is just that it's online. It's a echo chamber for a lot of uh, bad actors. It's an echo chamber for a lot of bad ideas and a lot of misinformation. Oh, there's lots. And in real life, most people on the whole are quite friendly, quite genuinely uh, supportive. And for those that don't know anybody from the community, it's no skin off their nose. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't bother them one way or another. You're dead right there, Andrea. Um, Again... On the negative side, I don't want to dwell on it too long, but since joining Truck, I have seen the negative side. Now, I'll be honest with you, I never really knew this negative side existed until I started seeing the social media bits and pieces and what have you, you know, and I feel a little bit like, oh, God, you know, what's going on here? But my neighbours now know about me and every single one of them has said, oh, brilliant, great, absolutely fantastic. It makes no difference. Just go and do it, you know. Um, and that, that is the beauty of it is there are far more supportive people far yeah, more yeah, there people is. that are willing for us to live our lives in a happy and healthy way yeah. and they don't see being a member of the LGBT community as being unhealthy, they just see that as just another part of life Exactly. And that is how all yeah. we really want is for everyone to treat us that way yeah, I mean, I mean Watson, my neighbours they don't see me as anything different, or anyone different, I should say, because I'm still me. I've always been me. I've always been like this. You know, I just chosen to keep it a little bit quieter than most, you know. Exactly. And much as we try and hide it, a lot of people can actually see right through. Oh, God, yeah. And then as soon as you come out and you become more visible out, they go, wow, you look so much happier now. Yeah. Why didn't you do this earlier? Yeah, I've got to agree with that. I've got to agree yeah. with that. I mean, I've I've had students who I've started off with who didn't know anything, and I wasn't in any way, shape, or form showing my trans side. Um, and then when I started to, they were just like they they've, they've said this very same thing. Got you, you're a different. Well, not a different person, but you seem so much happier. Yeah. As if like that stress and relief has just like disappeared. Right. Changing the subject, because okay. we could talk about this all night. Of course we could. <laughs> it really is quite simple. We could talk about this all night. Now, Can I just quickly other... ask, Andrea, how are you feeling, by the way? I'm feeling pretty rough at the moment, because I tested positive for COVID a little oh, while ago. Oh, dear. That's not good. And this is the third time now, and <sighs> I'm starting to think, this is ridiculous. I managed to go through all of lockdown, spent three months in hospital above a COVID ward, <laughs> and never got COVID. And but since like, I since I've been time. out of hospital, I've now had COVID three times, <laughs> oh, and that's less mate. than eighteen months. I've had COVID that's not three good. times. That's not good. So <laughs> yeah. I can only say I, I've only had it once myself. So and, and I know what it's like. So my thoughts are with you. Were there? Oh, but hopefully it'll pass. <laughs> oh, it's sure it will. My body's pretty resilient for most things. <laughs> there are things that it just says, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> but uh, bugs like that, my body's pretty resilient. So Good, good. I, I can cope with that. So you'll be fitting well before long then. Yes. Now, we were talking the other day 
uh, and you asked me a question. Right. Which about <laughs> a particular theatre show that you went to see. Oh, yes. Yes. And I was quite surprised that you've never managed to get there. No. I've seen the film. I know the characters. Yeah. Uh, but you've never experienced but it live. I've never experienced the live stage show. Hmm. So if I was to say the shout outs, the rice, the water pistols, the newspapers, would you know what I was talking about? I would have absolutely no idea. <laughs> so that's why you've got to go and experience the live show. Now, I think we need to tell everybody what we're talking about. I was just going to say, for, for those of you that aren't aware of what we're talking about, it's actually the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Now, it is an absolutely amazing production. It certainly is at the moment. Um, who's in it, Andrea? Can you remember? I Putting don't know who the cast... I, I don't know any of the cast that are currently in the show. Uh, I know I know the characters. You've got Frankenfurter. Yeah. Uh, you've got Riff Raff. Uh, oh, Eddie. Can't forget Eddie. Eddie, yeah. Who played Eddie? Can you remember? Oh, in the film, yeah. it was... Meatloaf. It was. certainly was. Uh, and I think Riff Raff was by Richard O'Brien, who actually wrote the stage show. He did. And then, obviously, you've got Rocky Horror, who's supposedly the uh, monster, but pretty damn gorgeous for a monster, <laughs> if you ask me. I'll tell you something now, um, Andrea, in this production at the moment, uh, yeah. I am, um, yeah, that's about all I can say, really. <laughs> oh, now I do need to go and see it. Oh, my. Oh, I'm blushing I'm, now. I'm done. Uh, no, it's just COVID. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I'm desperately trying to find out who the cast is. I know who the cast is, but I just, I struggle to say his name. It was, um, it was Ori who was in Strictly Come Dancing. Now, I'm sure most of you know who I'm talking about now. Um, I'm just trying to get his full name because it's it's one of those names you need to get right. Okay, but no, Ori Odubu. That's the one. Yes, there we go. I can never say it. Yeah, I can never say it. Yeah, um, absolutely brilliant. I mean, if you've if you've never been to see Rocky Horror Picture Show live, you've got to because you will guarantee you will always get somebody who comes with the callbacks. Now, the callbacks are not people being not being heckling. They're not being horrible. It's part of the actual show. And this time, and I've, se I've seen it a couple of times now, but this particular one, the narrator was absolutely amazing. Now, unfortunately, because we're going out on the radio, I can't tell you what they are, but they are quite, shall we say, fruity. <laughs> That's oh. probably the best way to do it. But the way that the... I've forgotten that. That's right. The so, narrator. So the callbacks are part of the actual show. And like I say, they're a little bit fruity. So I can't really tell you what they are on, on here. So you, you've got to go. But the narrator and the rest of the cast, the way that they respond to the callbacks is absolutely 100% amazing. They are so professional. I know they've done it quite a long, uh, quite a few times. Um, but the callbacks that come from the audience are getting different each time. So and and just the way that they react to them. I mean, our narrator, he was <laughs> it's so difficult to tell you without saying the words, but he went into a rendition of Annie because he got rather upset that he wasn't picked for Annie. <laughs> it was oh it, you've just got to go and see it. So Andrea, as soon as it comes somewhere near you, you must go. And the best bit is 
you get to dress up and nobody looks at you weird. Oh, that's that's going to be weird. <laughs> <laughs> that that will be weird. I'm just having a look at the cast now. Uh, Stop I looking at oh, Rocky. Wait. Are you looking at Rocky? Oh, Rocky. Yeah, he's, 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 <laughs> that's he's got actually, glasses on and that, he's quite... That, that is actually one of the lines, Andrew. You must have seen it. Oh, Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> I did see that in the film. It's quite a while since I watched the film. I might have to watch it again. Yeah. I, uh, I, I actually watched it, I think, a couple of days before, and I'm just like, God, this is so old. <laughs> I quite but like brilliant. the look of Magenta as well. She looks quite nice uh-huh, as well. Uh-huh. <laughs> you like them in the in the live version really good. But uh, 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 can, I, can I tell you about uh, an amazing thing that happened to me? Now, yes, please do. Obviously, like I say, I, I, I haven't been out as Amanda a huge amount, certainly socialising. And this was always on my calendar. I am definitely going out. I am not dressing up as one of the cast. I'm not going to be Magenta or Frankenfurter or Eddie. I am going as Amanda. Um, And I did. I had a little bit of a meltdown beforehand, but pulled myself through and I went. Anyway, we needed a drink. And the wife, Sue, she didn't want to go to the bar because she was dressed as a French maid, which is part of being magenta. Uh, And obviously I didn't, for some reason, I just didn't feel too confident to do so. But then I found you could order from your seat. So we ordered drinks. The young girl came along and she shouted my name, my male name. And I went, oh, yes, because obviously I'd ordered it in that name. And she just looked and went, Oh, hang on a minute. And she looked and looked and checked the seats to make sure because all she could see was a male name and two women. And that was just an absolute buzz. I was just like, wow. (laughs) Really Uh, good. I really enjoyed that. So I should. I've just actually (laughs) had a look at all the locations for the current tour. And I can't believe the nearest one is 120 miles away. It's. Worth That's, it. Well, it's not because it means an overnight stay. Uh, in it's, fact, it's more than that. So, but it's an o- overnight stay, uh, 20th to 24th of June. And it's also a weekend that I'm busy. Oh, oh. I can see it there. Yes, I'm looking also. You've got to do it, though. Oh. You've got to. I'm going to have to try and find the week <laughs> that I'm on leave and I can get down. To, well, I'm not going all the way to Woking. I don't want to leave it that week. <laughs> but not actually, no, I'm not. Uh, There'll be one there for you I, somewhere. I, I'll find one somewhere. Yeah. Might have to go all the way up to Aberdeen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, uh, it, it certainly is worth going in. If anybody who's listening has never actually seen Rocky Horror live, I promise you, you will have an absolutely amazing time. And of course, you get to do the time warp halfway through this oh, halfway through the performance and then everybody's back on the stage and every single person in the theater is up doing the time warp it is amazing and that's all i can say well i i can't think of uh, anything better i mean it's a brilliant film it's a brilliant stage show it's been going for 40 years 50 years now 50 years 50 wow. years this this year it's 50 years this year so, for a stage show to be going that long, it's got to be good. I was just going to say, it's, it's got to be good, yeah. And, and I will so vouch what it if is. it's camp? I don't mind if it's a bit camp. The story's horrendous, if you think about it. Oh, it's quite a horrible story, <laughs> yeah. the storyline. But, but it's, it uh, is just, it's brilliant. 
brilliantly performed. Really is. And, and like I say, the cast are so professional. You know, um, I've not seen a huge amount of stage shows like that, but I love the way that people like muck in and they, they they all move the sets and they do this and they do that and it's all part of the actual show and it and it's just the whole production is absolutely fantastic. I I definitely like the sound of that. That's 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 the sort of thing I could uh, get into. Now you did ask post a few questions, <laughs> just possible suggestions, and I had a look at them and I went, oh, last TV show that you binged and loved. Well. It's very difficult because I tend to will watch two shows at the same time. How do you do that? Well, not exactly at the same <laughs> time. <laughs> Have you got I, one telly playing one thing, one playing the other? <laughs> oh, I wish. Uh, but no, what I'll do is I, I will watch two or three episodes of one show and then I'll watch two or three episodes of another show so that I don't get bored with the other one, but then I come back to it all ready to watch another three episodes, three mm-hmm. or four episodes. And I find that that helps me to just plow through them. But it also means that I'm binge watching at least two shows at the same time. So what's some so of the, what Some of them shows? are longer and some of them are shorter. Well, the one that I really got hooked in on, and I'd, I'd watched it before, but I obviously didn't watch it properly because when I watched it this time, I went, oh, my God, did I miss that? <laughs> and that's uh, Da Vinci's Demons, absolutely drawn in by it. Right. And I'm going, why did I not finish watching this the last time? Was there something that switched me off? Yeah, yeah. But I was totally and utterly hooked. So how many how many episodes does that, uh, does that uh, have? It's over three seasons and I think it was uh, 12 episodes in each season. Wow. So it's quite a long series. Yeah, so that, that's, uh, that's what gets me, is the length of them. I'm, I suppose I'm quite impatient. Yeah, it's very fast moving in a lot of ways, but then you get to a point and you go, come on, come on, come yeah. on. You want it to speed up. But it's it was just one of those. It was edge of the seat of the chair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Almost all the way through. And the, the graphic ray. Oh, that's not a word. <laughs> it is the now. The graphic imagery. <laughs> we'll go, we're gonna, I like graphic ray. I like that. <laughs> the graphic imagery was just really, really spectacular. Yeah. And I think because I've now got back into doing graphics work, it's drew me in. Because I'm seeing the imagery and I'm going, I love how they've done that. How did they? Do, and I'm starting to analyse how they've done it, right? But without losing track of what's going on, yeah. Uh, which probably shows that I must be a bit of a geek because I'm now trying to analyse how a program's made while still enjoying the program. Okay. At the same time, which I love, but the other one, which had very similar graphic imagery, was National Treasure: Edge of History. Okay, another one I've never heard of. <laughs> and I loved the two films, National Treasure, but when I saw that it come out as a series, I was like, oh, wow, when, I've got to watch this. When we say National Treasure, we're talking Nicolas Cage movie. The Nicolas Cage movie, but this time yeah. it's not Nicolas Cage. Right. Uh, so it's like a 
continuation of it, but obviously other cast. Other cast, but there is references to Nicolas Cage yeah. or his character and his sidekick uh, also appears briefly in about one or two of the episodes. Uh, it's only one season so far, so it was a really good uh, captivating storyline. I'm not going to give out any spoilers for anyone who hasn't watched it. Yeah. But if you do like a bit of a puzzle mystery, it's definitely one to watch. Yeah. Do, do, do you think they work? You know, when when we've had some amazing films that were that's loved by practically everybody, and then it goes to TV series. Do you, do you think they do you think they work? I'm normally quite sceptical, mm-hmm. uh, but National Treasure Edge of History was done in such a way that because it was a fresh, young cast, you're talking early 20s, Yeah. so they're all youngsters, right? Uh, with Jess uh, uh, being the lead character, uh, being about 22, 23 very intelligent, very switched on, and a puzzle freak. She loves puzzles and a problem solver. And it instantly captivates you straight away, her uh, analytical thinking. Or it does me, because that's what I'm like. I like to try and solve puzzles. I'm not always good at it, but I do like it when I see someone else that is. And it was I would say it was actually better than the films, because right. I watched the films since and then watched the series again and went this is actually better than the, f- the right. first film was brilliant the second film not so good yeah but the series is absolutely fantastic right so i'm going to make a note of that then so it's national treasure edge of history history i'm gonna i'm gonna to have to have, uh, check that one out see what it's all right. about and it, great. It, it was just a, a really good yeah this a few plot twists in there, which you expect. Yeah. Uh, but <clears throat> some of them real eye openers, and you go, "Oh wow, <laughs> uh, wasn't expecting that." Yeah. What's, uh, what's going on there? Yeah. Well, I, I'm completely. I, I will give. I will give you one little twist to it. Go on then. <laughs> and that is Elvis, and that's as much as I'm saying. <laughs> right. So now we need, I'm going to have to watch all of them. Aren't it? It's going to be the last episode. <laughs> I don't know. It's about halfway through, but you, you soon that's, get it. That's still a lot to watch. <laughs> right. Well, I'm, I'm complete opposite to you there, I think. Um, my last one, which I which I binge watch, is uh, Taskmaster. I don't know if you've ever seen that with Greg Davis. Ooh, oh, God. No, I don't think something I have. To do. I think they're up to about 15 or 16th series. Um, basically, for the you don't know, it's um, we get about five comedians or five celebrities, and they're given absolutely stupid, ridiculous tasks to do. Now, it's just finished this series. Um, May, who is non-binary, May forget her name. I'm absolutely useless with names lately. Let me find out who it is. But anyway, uh, they won the series and did very well. Um, stupid tasks that they get, and it's just so funny watching them. And Alex Horn, he's part of it. He's the, he's the man who actually runs the tasks, and the, the, the things they get him to do. They'll make concoctions like con- cocktails out of absolutely all sorts, and you know it's going to be absolutely horrendous and disgusting. But he will quite happily sit there and drink it and give his his um his rating on it. Um, and it's basically it's just a fun series to watch. Um, it's a channel 
five series, if I'm correct. Um, it's all up there. Just watch them. There's 15 series, 15, 16 series to watch. And it's, you know, if you like a good laugh and just daftness, that's the thing to uh, to go for in my that's, book. That's like about a year's worth of viewing. That. <laughs> yeah. F- 15 series. Yeah. Oh, my God. There's quite a few. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, I can understand why you always watch one. <laughs> if there's that many of them. Oh. I'm just getting them now. The cast for this one. Frankie Boyle was on the last one. Jenny Eclair. Uh, Kyle Smith Bayern. He also appeared in Ghosts. Uh, Ivo Graham. And of course, who won it is not listed there, which is just typical for me. But there we go. What's the look in there? All right. So, another one of your questions that you asked was May Martin. That's who it was. Yep. Go. On. What is favourite movie? And again, I was like, I can't pin it down to one. It's impossible. It would be. Uh, very remiss of me to even try because apart from the fact I'm I'm old <laughs> you're not that old Andrea come on uh, I've been around a long time so I've watched a lot of films and some of them I've watched a lot of times and I've had to narrow it down to four <laughs> just four I mean the question the question is which is your favourite movie well favourite of all time, uh, it's probably going to have to be Born Free. Born Free. Do you know something? I've never seen that. Oh, my God. Never that seen it. That is the most emotional oh. film I've ever watched. I was in floods of tears watching it. And yet it is also a film of joy, a film of happiness. But it is so sad. Uh as well, so and I definitely can't watch it then. I was I was in floods of tears, and now every t- I even just talking about it, I'm <laughs> tearing up oh, because dear. I know how emotional I get involved in that film. Yeah, it's such a powerful film. Uh, it's a true story, isn't it? It is a true story. Yeah, with Virginia McKenna and uh, his name escapes me. Uh, but Virginia McKenna, up until recently, was head of the Born Free Foundation. Yeah. Uh, and I even got a letter from her signed personally by her. And it's like, oh, my God, <laughs> I've got a letter from Amazing. Virginia McKenna. Amazing. Bill Travers? Bill Travers, yes. There we go. That's how amazing, how that. I can not remember Bill Travers, good Scottish actor. Uh-huh. Uh, but, yeah, it's such an amazing film. And... Just the music from it. I love the music. I think that's what I know more about the film is the actual, is the music. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think as soon as you hear the first few bars, everybody knows the music straight yeah. away. Yeah. Uh, and it's just one of those that it's always going to stick with you. Yeah. Uh, if you've watched the film and if you've watched it as many times as I have, <laughs> which I'm not going to say how many times, but... It's a lot. Uh, I think I'm trying to sort of emotionally desensitise myself. (laughs) Is it working? working. It doesn't sound like it's working. No, if anything, uh, I just get more and more uh, emotional every time I see it. Yeah. So I'm going to put that one to bed. And I've now got three other films which I absolutely love. And I've watched them numerous times. 
some of them more than others. Uh, but actually, no, they're all about the same. Uh, and they're, they're all Disney films because I'm a massive Disney fan. Right. Uh, and I, I love the original, uh, the classics. I think but, I've got a hoping I've got there's one coming which I, know, I think you're going to say. The ones that I've really do love and I categorize them as my favorites are all really powerful message films. Okay. So, first off is Mulan, the live action version, uh-huh. uh, which is absolutely brilliant and in a sense. Although it's not declared as a uh, an LGBT film, it is portraying a person who, to all intents and purposes, transitions to that of a man mm-hmm. from a from a girl because she has a man's spirit, uh, so that she could save her family's dignity and save her father's life uh, from having to go to to war. And it's such a beautiful and powerful film. I totally love it. Uh, I also love the uh, end track, the end credit music. It's absolutely brilliant. I should have looked up the names of who sang it so I could say, but I didn't. But I'll come to that in a second. I'm sure you could get that into one of your shows somewhere. We probably can. Uh, Now, another one, again. It's another film of empowerment, and that is Moana. I absolutely love that film. I love the message behind it. It's about self, uh, self-belief, self-empowerment, doing things for the betterment of the community. And it's, it's just the message is there, but a lot of people are too busy focusing on other things that a lot of people don't actually see the message, but the message itself is about coming together, working together to overcome an adverse or adverse. Oh, I can't even say it now. <laughs> oh, adversary. Uh, and by doing that, you then become stronger working together and you do actually overcome the struggles. And this is why it's such a beautiful film because like that, the whole of the LGBT community needs to come together with all the allies to overcome the current struggles that we face at the moment. Yeah, that's very good. And the last one, and I've watched this so many times, and Avril knows... Not not forgetting everybody, the question was favourite movie. (laughs) I know, but Encanto, it's just such a magical film. And again, about personal struggle. So... That's very deep, Andrea. Very deep at all of your films there. I mean, I, I just like to watch Moulin Rouge and The Greatest Showman because I love the songs. <laughs> that's that's how um, simple I am, if you like. <laughs> well, I haven't actually watched Moulin Rouge oh. properly. I've I've watched... You haven't done Rocky an, Horror. You haven't done Moulin Rouge. I watched an early version of Moulin Rouge and it, I kind of got bored. <laughs> you need to watch Moulin Rouge. Simple as that, uh, and I'm sure people out there uh, will agree with me. The Greatest Showman. Uh, oh. Watched that dozens of times. Do you know what gets me with The Greatest uh, Showman? I think I, I would mention this in my very, very early shows when I first started, just before Christmas, and that is uh, This Is Me. Yes. 
the green room version, no, sorry, the green light version, which you find on YouTube. And it's basically where they're trying to get, as it says, the green light to produce the show, for, to produce the movie. Um, <clears throat> the, the performance by Keeley is absolutely amazing. And it just brings tears to my eyes every single time. So if you want a good old weep, go and find that on YouTube. Oh, I need to get a box of tissues <clears throat> first. Oh, definitely. Most definitely. Um, I mean, when I first watched it, I mean, even when I listen to the song now, which is probably why I don't play it quite so much on when I'm on the radio, um, it, oh, it sets me off. It's just the lyrics. It's so true to all of us. You know, this this is me. We don't care what you think anymore. This is me, and it's it's just it's just such a powerful tune. And when you actually watch it on the uh, the green light version, it's it's just <clears throat> there's there's a brief interview with her, and she explains how nervous she was doing that song, and she would always hide behind the lectern with it with her with her music on and the and the lyrics on. She'd always hide, and she actually came out in front in front of everybody so you had the assemblage there doing the the obviously the backing etc hugh jackman was there she actually actually had to get hold of hugh jackman's hand just to steady herself you know oh, it's wow. it's really powerful um i would say probably better than when it's in the uh, in in the movie because you can see the real raw emotion on their faces and it's just oh it's 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 a tearjerker. Let's put it that way. I think I'm going to have to go and watch that. Next. Definitely. So it's 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 uh, uh, this is me, and it's the green light version. All right, that's on my watch list now. Uh -huh. And can I just very quickly tell you the very first tearjerker which I ever went to see, and I'm sure everyone's going to agree with this. Bambi. Oh, that's all I'm saying. Bambi. <laughs> yeah, that set totally me off. agree. <laughs> I I. Didn't quite get the tearjerker bit out of that. I was just so amazed at the animation work, and that was part of my inspiration Andrea, into going into Bambi's artwork. Bambi's mum got shot. I know, <laughs> and I, I, I'm horrified about that, but I was very young when I first watched it, and I mean very young. <laughs> my, uh, my sister took me with her friend and her sister. And we were the two sisters, me and her, her sister, were roughly the same. Well, we were the same age. We were in the same year at school. And all I could say what they, when they asked me if I was crying, I went, no, my eyes are sweating. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Now, I, for, I, I mean, this shows how far back I'm going. Uh, back then, if it came to the cinema, it was once every five to ten years. Right. Uh with one small cinema in the town, it wasn't coming around very often. Uh, so I saw snippets of Bambi right. on the bank holiday Monday shows that they always used to have. The ah, Disney yes, yes, I episodes. remember those, yeah. And they always managed to do the pleasant, happy scenes. <laughs> yeah. So that was what was in my head the first time I saw the full film. I had all these pleasant scenes. <laughs> And I, I, from that, I was inspired to draw Bambi. And uh, I did a lot of artwork uh, replicating Bambi in different poses. So it, it inspired me creatively to create. So when I did see the full film, I was much older uh, than when I'd first seen bits of Bambi. And... Yes, it shocked me, uh, <laughs> and it, I did tear up, but I was so busy thinking about young Bambi 
and all the artwork I'd done <laughs> didn't have such a have a a negative effect on me. So I have to say, and I know I sound quite heartless and cruel, but I it was a coping mechanism, and I I learned to deal with Bambi's mother being killed <laughs> by thinking of all the artwork I'd done. Bambi's mother's been taken and you're thinking about how to draw them. <laughs> oh, brilliant. I absolutely love that. Right. Uh, <laughs> Shall we move on to uh, another question? Go on then. I don't Dave. know how long, much longer we've got left, but... Um, how about... Uh, oh, 10 minutes? 10 minutes. 10, 12 minutes? Right, so we need to rattle through a few of these then. So what's your favourite meal of all time? Oh, uh, of all time, quick and easy... Macaroni cheese, but made a specific way, the way my mum always made it. I don't like the stuff you uh, get in restaurants. It's not made correctly, uh, so I'm not going to go there. <laughs> but I also love uh, nachos with grilled cheese on top, or my other favourite is Yokshom, which, if you want to find out, just Google it. You'll find out. Uh-huh. Uh, and crispy shredded chilli beef. That all sounds very sophisticated compared to mine. <laughs> now, uh. now, when I was in Germany with the army, for my sins, there was a gyros place just across the road. Now, I don't know if you've ever had a gyros. I have had many gyros. Oh, they are just absolutely gorgeous. For those of you that don't know what a gyros is, it's a little bit like our kebabs over here, our doner kebabs. But this just is nicer. Yeah, but it's <laughs> proper meat on there. It's not been minced up and shredded and stuck in a little. I don't know what that that things are called, but it's oh, it's just absolutely gorgeous. I love that. Okay, I I used to get them in Roermond in Germany, uh, in in the Netherlands when I was out in Germany. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I used to love. Them. We don't seem to have them over uh-huh. here. I've seen them elsewhere. No. Um, but over here, they just don't seem to uh, to exist. Okay. No. Right. So, next question then. Now, um, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna like this one. What's on your nightstand? Oh, I knew you were gonna <laughs> ask this one. The embarrassing one. You shouldn't have. Put- uh, well, first off, there's a lamp. Okay. Which fair enough, because I need to be able to see what I'm doing uh, when I'm getting into bed, and the light switch is all the way across the other side of the room, so. I- be tripping up and breaking my neck otherwise so lamp i've got most of my makeup not all of it but most of it okay uh then a drink obviously because if i get thirsty in the middle of the night i need something to drink Uh uh-huh and i always like to have a drink as soon as i wake up so i'm always i've always got that so none of this Uh, at the minute sounding embarrassing no but when you look at it (laughs) It's all cluttered. <laughs> it looks... People would go, that's not a nightstand. That's like <laughs> storage, storage unit. Storage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I live in a small place that's six by six metres square. I don't have a lot of room. So I do tend to use a lot of space, shelf space, as storage. Uh, hence all the makeups there. Okay. Well, that wasn't too uh, embarrassing. And I've got some of my jewellery, my earrings, bracelets, but they're in a nice little uh, jewellery bag, so they're not scattered all over the place. Okay. Uh, and then just a few odds and ends. Okay. That's, that yeah, probably that's... should be tidied away, but I just haven't got anywhere to tidy them away to. <laughs> just moving from one place to another. 
well, yeah, that's what I'd be doing. Yeah, yeah. No, that didn't sound very embarrassing at all. I was expecting something. Um, yeah. Shall we oh, say? no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just the no. way you answered it in uh, in our little uh, conversation before. <laughs> I thought, I am definitely asking that question. Oh, no, it's not that embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Well, mine oh, is, is very, very simple. I don't even have a light on it. I've got my uh, Alexa, and that's it. Dead simple. Oh. She's always there with me. I can't have mine. It's anywhere near me. It's got to be the other side of the room. Only because it's part of my hub and I don't get a signal anywhere else. <laughs> no, I, I, can't afford, I can't fall asleep without my Alexa talking to me. So there we go. Wonderful. Right, what should we talk about next? Well, we've got about eight minutes left. Just less than eight minutes. Okay. So there was one thing that you'd said about and... And that is, what's one thing that you are deeply grateful for right now? That's very true. Are you asking me or am I asking you? I'm asking you. <laughs> can you um, can you answer first? Okay. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know what I'm grateful for. I mean, one of the thing that I'm most grateful for and deeply grateful for is actually being a presenter at Truck, Trans Radio UK. Do you know some Andre? I was going to say exactly the same thing. And the reason I say that, and a lot of people will probably think, oh, it's, it's just a volunteer radio present. But it's actually helped and it has inspired me to do a lot more, to be more creative, to face more challenges. It's allowed me to meet some truly amazing people, uh, such as Avril and Lucy, but also artists and bands who I wouldn't, I've got to meet before. That yeah, it's all well and good going to a gig. How many times do you get to go and actually speak with the artists and the, the bands and have a quick cheeky interview with them? You just don't get that chance yeah, yeah. any other way. And by saying, Oh, I'm with Trans Radio UK, are you available for a quick cheeky interview? <laughs> and I am quite cheeky that way. I will just go out and ask, and it seems to work. You don't get anything you don't, if you don't ask. So, uh, yeah, and that's that's what I'm deeply grateful for, because, as I said, I've got to meet some amazing people. I've even had artists come hunting me down and go, <laughs> can I have a photograph with you? And I'm going, well... Yeah, why not? Why not? So, yeah, it's, it's being a presenter at Trans Radio UK has really transformed my life. Yeah, it, it has so. mine as well. And I, I'm not just saying it for the effect. I really do mean it. Uh, I, I touched on it briefly earlier. This six, seven months that I've been here have been absolutely fantastic. You know, um, I used to DJ. I started DJing when I was like 17 years old and I was humping gear around constantly, you know, huge speakers, amps, everything. And... I did enjoy it. I absolutely loved playing tunes for people. But then as I got older, it was like, ooh, I, I'm not doing this anymore. And I actually retired from it from about ooh, 15 years ago. And since coming onto Truck, I'm grateful because not only has it brought me, started to bring me out of my shell, it's always, it's made me fall back in love with music. Exactly. And that, that is the thing. I mean, before, before I came out, I literally had closed down to music. There was a few that I would listen to, but on the whole, I was totally closed down. Yeah, same myself. I, I can't really think of 
listening to anything specific. I've opened up totally to everything. There is a period in my life where if you ask me about a band or a song, I'll go totally blank. Yeah. And that that is the noughties. I don't know why. Exactly. What's so specific about the noughties? <laughs> I was Maybe just thinking the same myself. Because some of the tracks didn't grab me, but uh, it was a period where I was particularly, uh, shall I say, going through a black stage, for want of a better description. Mm-hmm. And I think I'd shut down to all sorts of music. I'd literally shut it down. Now I listen to anything and everything and I love music again and it's so invigorating. Yeah, yeah. I've I've got to agree with I've got to agree with that. The the tunes and music which I'm listening to right now, um obviously I want to play some of the great stuff for everybody who's listening. But obviously I'm listening to it as well and I am playing stuff now which I would never have dreamt of before and I'm enjoying it. It's really good. I'm just loving the sound. Uh, and I think one term I or one phrase I used uh, very early on, the person who invented music had their head switched on. Oh, they definitely did. You know, whoever invented it knew exactly what was going to happen. I think when they actually l- devised music, it was based on bodily rhythms. And it's always been, to me, I always say music is the blood the, the rhythm of the body, the lifeblood of the body. It is in your soul. And everyone has a specific rhythm. Mm-hmm. And when they find the music that links with that rhythm, they get hooked. Yeah. Yeah. And got to agree with to that me, 100%. It's, it's, I mean, my rhythm must be all over the place because I, I listen to so much and I love so much different uh, varieties of music. So my rhythm literally changes. With the music, no matter what it is you put on, I link with it. Yeah. And there's a few tracks that I'll go, I can't quite link with that one. But then I'll hear another track by the same artist and go, oh, got it. And I'm there. Yeah. I, I had one of those the other night. Uh, <laughs> I think you remember which one. Um, and he decided, oh, I might stop that halfway through. I don't really like that. <laughs> it was terrible. It, really, it was on the Most Wanted show. And... Who wanted that? I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> In fact, it was one of the new releases. Um, I just wish I'd listened to it beforehand. <laughs> but somebody, yeah. some, somebody's got me into uh, bagpipes, though. I wonder who that is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that stuff that you keep playing, Andrew. It's amazing. Oh, it's... It, 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 you're talking about linking and relating to it. When I hear a tune that I know on the bagpipes, I'm just like, wow, that is absolutely fantastic. I've got to listen to it again. And this is one of the things that I experienced back in the 80s, oh, back in 1982. Uh, no, it would have been a bit later than that. 80, going from 83 into 84. Uh, I was in the south of France, been away for six months. And oh. somebody had a, a small portable transistor radio and they tuned into... Radio Luxembourg. Oh. How they got it from all the way down in the south of France you, on a little you handheld. Could get, you could get that anywhere. <laughs> and they were, it was the, the British uh, show that was being played. And they had on uh, Amazing Grace from uh, the uh, Royal Scots Dragoon Guards. And as soon as I heard the pipes, that was it. I was homesick. Mm. I needed to get back to Scotland. And literally, I, it, it was 
it pulled me back. Yeah. So absolutely brilliant. Love it. Because music is in your blood and it when you grow up with pipes and you've heard them so many times, even if you don't like the sound to start with, you suddenly you start to love it, especially when you don't hear it for a while, and then you hear it again. Trust yeah. me, I hate it when somebody plays pipes badly. I've, <laughs> I've heard that enough times. Yeah. But when somebody plays them good. Yeah. Well, Which uh, our our snake charmer friend. Yes. Oh, absolutely amazing. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, yes. Uh, although she does cheat. She uses electric pipes. Uh, Although don't, she can, don't, don't spoil it for she, me. <laughs> she can play traditional pipes, but she does for her performances use electric, use an electric chanter. Right. Which is fine, but you've got to be able to play uh, a traditional chanter to be able to get away with playing the music she does on an electric. Yep. So absolutely no, no idea what you're talking about now. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, any any pipers out there will know exactly what I'm saying, <clears throat> but. Uh, right, I can't believe it. We have come to the end of the slot. Oh, wow. So That's that absolutely I'm, I'm going to do a bit of doom and gloom. I'm going <clears> to <throat> give the long-range forecast. <laughs> so from tomorrow, that's Friday, uh, we're going to see the settled conditions persist for a few, uh, few more days for some, but not everywhere, because it's going to become cloudier in the southwest, typical where I am. Uh, with a chance of some heavy showers and thunderstorms. So, but it will remain cloudy at all times along the northern eastern coasts. Cloud occasionally moving inland, mainly overnight. Some moderate winds around the coastal areas, especially in the southwest, where they may become fresh to strong at times. Typical. Uh, temperatures are going <laughs> to generally stay warm as long as you're away from the East Coast. <laughs> uh, so if you're on the East Coast, now's the time to move to the West Coast. Oh, I think I'll head to Portugal. There is risk of showers and thunderstorms in southern areas of the UK, especially in the Southwest. Well, northern areas are likely to hold onto drier conditions. <laughs> Typical. So, uh, yeah, well, hey... But that is a long-range forecast, courtesy of the Met Office. You never know. It can all change. Portugal. Brilliant. There's 24, there's 24 hours in a day. <laughs> yeah, and typically, when it's getting better up here, I'm off to Portugal. Coming up next, it's a Scar, Reggae and Two-Tone show with our very own Tara T. Whatever you're doing, stay tuned and stay safe. Bye for now. <laughs>